I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you want more or less sex than your partner, you end up with hurt feelings. The person who wants more sex often feels rejected and angry, while the person who wants less sex often feels pressured and resentful. And whatever you've been doing hasn't been working or you wouldn't be here right now with me. What you need is a new perspective and then a new approach. So stay tuned as I share my top five tips to create the intimacy you've been craving. Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. It's great to be here. It always is. Uh, I'm really excited about today's topic because I had so many people write in and I just had someone recently write in like a few days ago even. And I just felt like I got to I got to do this. I have to do this topic. So this is kind of an Ask Dr. Abby today, but I'm not going to be reading a specific question because, you know, I had men, women, you name it, who wrote in asking, again, saying more or less sex. So, you know, that's that's all happening and I'm really excited about it. 
And I'm also excited because right this very minute as I'm recording this, they are working on launching my new website. I'm going to have a new website, all spanky, beautiful, new, shiny, fabulous, new photos of me, which I'm not loving right now because, you know, I have a few extra COVID pounds on. But sometimes you have to get over your ego and just do it. And um, anyway, and the new uh, website is just really going to be cleaner and fresher and easier to access things. Um, so it's, I'm hoping actually even by the time you listen to this, it'll already be happening, but I will certainly announce it as I'm going. You can keep going over to the website to check it out, but I'll be announcing it here that it's when it's out because you're going to want to check it out. And I have all new, I have merchandise coming. Merch! Abby has merch. I'm really excited. I've been thinking about things for a long time. And to me, just to have something that, I don't know, said my name on it or something was not <laughs> was not what I was doing. I wanted to create things that would inspire, that inspire me as I'm, you know, drinking my tea in the morning or working at my computer or walking around. So there's going to be, you know, mouse pads and notebooks and t-shirts and things with inspiring messages. And I'm really excited about them. Um, I've been working on it for a while and I have an amazing graphic designer I've been working with. So, you know, it's all coming and it's really soon. I don't know that it'll be here in time for Christmas as far as ordering and by the time you listen. But if you check in on the, I would say mid second week of December, if you're checking on the website, uh, maybe the third week, you'll find it. But for certainly you don't even need it as Christmas gifts. It can be for just for the new year. So, okay. Um, Anyway, I'm all excited. You can tell I'm all excited about it. I just really like to bring things of value and that are going to, I always think of things that would inspire me. So it'll, I think, really inspire you. So, okay, let's get to it. Now, I know <laughs> that you might be thinking that it's always men who want more sex and women who want less. But, and this is according to research, and again, on my, uh, on the, show notes page or in the blog post, I always list the research. So if you want to go look, you can look. I'm not going to get into it here, but um, I'll link to the, you know, where I, where I find the research. Um, but according to that research among, and this is among heterosexual couples, although what I'm going to be sharing today to me is for any kind of couple or throuple or anyone, but among heterosexual couples in the research who seek sex therapy, Men and women, get this, are equally likely to be the one who wants sex more than their partner. So if you're a woman listening and you're the one who wants more sex, please, you know, allow yourself to feel normal and not like some sex-crazed weirdo. Or if you're a man listening and want less sex, again, know that you're also normal and this isn't a blow to your manhood or anything else. Like all of this happens. It's, again, no matter, you know, it's, it's a usual thing. It's okay. So, and again, I also want to say that as usual, I, you know, I often speak to heterosexual couples, you know, heteronormative, we, we know that, you know, right here, but the, the research on gender and sexual desire in general is very consistent whether or not you're in a same sex relationship or not. So I really want to uh, say that out loud. And um, I know I have a lot of folks from um, all kinds of different backgrounds and, and love uh, ways that they love who listen. And I'm really excited about that. And it becomes really problematic in the language if I'm constantly trying to uh, say something about everyone. So uh, I do understand that I say men and women a lot. And I talk about heterosexual relationships a lot. I'm clear that I do that. 
And I know that this is uh, very applicable no matter who you love. So, okay. So now the, I think the real problem is that you, you often can't tell, and this is something I think most people don't think about. You can't tell someone's true sex drive until much, until you're already into the relationship. And, uh, Evolutionary psychologists say that the, you know, that initial phase of, you know, ripping each other's clothes off, it, it's a, that it's supposed to go away. I don't like to think that because I still like to rip Gary's clothes off. I'll tell you that right now. But that initial excitement is part of a biological function to bring two people together with, you know, to pair bond and raise a child. That's, you know, which meant that resources for the child, right? There was more resources for the kid. Hence, you know, a higher chance of surviving, you know, living, thriving. But think about it. You know, once you've got a baby happening, wanting to have sex five times a day would actually be harmful to the little person. You know, oh, oops, baby fell off a cliff while we were in the cave boning and and not paying attention, you know, can't have it. So the idea is that when the baby comes, you need to fall in love with the baby and not be so obsessed with each other unless you're watching a Twilight movie and apparently... That doesn't happen. But um, if, you if you haven't seen Twilight or read the books, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you have, you do. So, and also, you know, when you're having more sex and touching more, it makes you want to have more sex and touch more. So it can seem like everyone has a high sex drive in the beginning of a relationship. And it's only when, you know, the honeymoon phase ends in your relationship that you finally find out what each person's real baseline sex level is and that's when the discrepancy the discrepancies show up and it's almost really inevitable think about it that one person's going to want more sex than the other person it's it's almost impossible to think like what would be the odds of people having the exact same sex drive who come together it is often different and you shouldn't think uh, anything else about it, except that everybody generally, and, and obviously there's some exceptions to this, uh, come into something and it, it, age might depend on this. If you're in your eighties getting together and you're listening to me, God bless you. Um, you might not be having sex all the time, although I like to think I will be, but who knows? Okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, those things might matter, but in general, uh, lots of people, most people, the majority of people want to have a lot more sex and touch a lot more in the beginning of a relationship. And that that does go away as that limerence, as that phase ends. And I do other podcasts on this, which I can, you know, what to do when the honeymoon phase ends and, you know, what the, all that, all the sex drive in the beginning really is and all that. So you can, I'll link to that in the show notes. But for here, uh, you know, I'm talking about, you know, wh- I'm talking about wh- what's happening right now. Okay. Now, the next issue is that the person with the higher sex drive often ends up feeling, here's what I see, they end up feeling kind of duped. You know, they say things like, well, they they weren't like this when we first got together, um, you know, they, and then they feel frustrated. And even what I see a lot is that people who want sex more feel undesired if their partner doesn't want to have sex with them or isn't making advantage, advances. And meanwhile, the partner who wants less sex is feeling resentful that they're being pressured to have sex more than they want to. And as you can imagine, this creates its own cycle of disconnection. And then this sex is this hot button issue. It's this trigger. And then it's an even bigger problem. 
So if you're listening right now, my guess is that that might be happening for you. Okay. And there's, I want to just say this really quickly. There's a lot before we jump into the, you know, what to do, my five things. There's a lot of reasons people don't want to have sex and they, that aren't necessarily, that often don't have to anything to do with you, you know, <laughs> with, or with your, the, your, their attraction. And I do want to say also that both men and women are equally susceptible, again, from the research, to having a lower sex drive at different times over the course of a relationship. This is all due to, you know, testosterone and other things. But some of the, but here's the, to me, some of the more common reasons, it's not just testosterone. So some of the more common reasons that people lose their sex drive or it dips or something over the course of a relationship, one is depression. One is actually depression. And depression can look like a lot of things. I did a whole other podcast on depression and what to do if your partner's depressed. So if you're not sure what it looks like or because it's not just laying in bed and can't get out of bed. There's a lot of other things. It could be angry outbursts. All kinds of stuff is often a sign of depression. Anxiety is another huge reason self-esteem issues. And I see those mostly related to aging. I really do. You know, physical changes, you know, having kids, um, our bodies change a lot. So uh, maybe gaining weight or just aging, you know, my, my, my boobs are not where they used to be, you know, <laughs> you know, things change. Uh, my, you know, my skin is changing, you know, the late fifties, they suck. They suck for that. I say with love. I love myself. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, youth is wasted on the young. I'll say it again. <laughs> when I when I realized how I looked earlier and didn't like how I looked, I can't even believe it anyway. Because <laughs> I was fabulous, but I didn't think I was. Um, anyway, we're all fabulous now, aren't we? Okay. So aging, all that self-esteem, how you feel about yourself, obviously that obviously that can link to not wanting to have sex. Uh, drug and alcohol use. I don't think people realize you don't have to be a drug addict or an alcoholic to have drug and alcohol use affect your sex, affect your sex drive. So I often tell people, you know, don't use for a week and just see if that makes a difference. Because a lot of times what happens is maybe someone has, let's say depression or anxiety. And what happens is that drug and alcohol use exacerbate those conditions. They make them worse. So even though maybe it's not the drugs itself or the alcohol itself that's the problem. It's what's happening to other issues that's the problem. So I always tell people, you know, think a minute about your drug and alcohol use, even if you don't think it's a lot, just take it away for a little bit. See what happens. If if nothing changes, you can go back to partying. But if something changes, you know, take note. Uh, the other common thing I see are changes in testosterone levels. As I said, you know, those get our testosterone women have it too. Uh, lessons over time, different ages for men and women when that happens. But obviously, and that's our big uh, libido driver. So um, that's going to make changes. I also see just stress in, in general about money, work, kids. I see, especially as people get older or, oh no, even younger now. I'm, I'm, I see this everywhere now, now that I think about it. Stressors about you know, is this all there is? Am I making my mark? What's my legacy? I see that kind of stuff a lot. And that will weigh on you. And guess what? You don't feel like having sex. Uh, Other reasons, if sex isn't good. (laughs) And 
I talk to a lot of women and men who are not enjoying their sex lives with their partners. And guess what? You don't really feel like having it much, of course. And again, I do lots of stuff about, I have other podcasts about how to, you know, bring back the spark in the bedroom and all that good stuff. So, but if the sex isn't good, or if you have pain during sex, this happens um, often for women as they get older, uh, certainly after menopause for a lot of women, that, you know, who's going to want to have sex if it hurts? So, and a lot of times people do not want to talk about this piece, that the sex doesn't feel good. I have known, my gosh, I've had women in my practice and even friends over the or people I've known, you know, in a friendly way over the years who faked orgasm, women who faked orgasms. So yeah, the sex isn't as fun if you're not having orgasms or, and you don't have to have an orgasm for sex to feel fun, let's be real. But, you know, it's got to be fun, I guess is the bottom line. It has to feel good. So, um, you know, you got to say something. And again, I do that somewhere else, but so I'm not going to get into that here. Uh, or, and I guess related to that would be another thing I see is the, is an inability uh, to orgasm or a pressure to orgasm. You know, there's all this tension and you just don't want to deal with it. So you, you don't want to have sex. And again, it's really important to talk about those things if that's what's going on. And that's the reason why it, it's super important. Uh, resentment. I have to tell you, I think that's one of the bigger reasons when, you know, with couples who are together over time, grudges build and someone becomes passive aggressive and starts withholding uh, from their partner and sex isn't wanted, you know, you don't want it. You're, you're feeling in this icky way with your partner. And that kind of relates to my kind of last reason, which is disconnection. When when, you know, partners become emotionally distant, it often, it, it obviously creates a big problem, you know, and I say this a lot that men want to have sex to feel close usually, and women want to feel close to have sex. So you can see how heterosexual relationships, I don't know how they work. I don't know. I don't know why it works at all. Um, but again, as I've said before, I'm not a lucky lesbian. And so, you know, hey, we have to deal. So, uh there's there's an emotional distance that gets that gets created and creates a wedge in the relationship and that becomes another problem. So, all these could be reasons why and if you notice I didn't mention that your partner's not attracted to you. <laughs> that that's often really not it. It does come up. I'm not saying it doesn't, but believe it or not, I mean and I've met with at this point thousands thousands of couples and tens of thousands of people. I mean in 37 years of working and it is the rarest thing, it really is, that I hear someone say that they're just not attracted to their partner, that they just, you know, anymore, and they just don't, you know, want, that that's the reason they don't have sex with them. And I'll tell you, even the people that think that's that, when you get underneath, the they're not attracted anymore, not necessarily because of how the person looks, but because of how they're acting. And that goes back to the stuff I was just saying. So, uh, and anyway, and I'll get to that in the tips. So let's get to it. So what do you do if you and your partner don't have the same sex drive? Here are my top five tips when your sex drives don't match. Okay. So tip number one, no one is right. <laughs> it's not right to want more sex and wrong not to. And this is a problem. This is probably the number one problem I see. You, you got to get out of this 
and I see couples get caught up in this like tug of war where both think that their position is the correct one. And all this does is further the divide, you know, is, is break you apart more. You have to stop thinking that you're right and they're wrong. And to me, this is a difference like anything else. You guys have, in a couple, there's a ton of differences in your preferences in the relationship. Uh, you know, I like Chinese food and you don't. You know, I I uh, like doggy style and you don't. I I want the house to, you know, be filled with knickknacks from our from my childhood and you don't. I don't know. There's lots of preferences that people have. And it's really important for people to feel unconditionally accepted. How much do I say this? Not just unconditionally loved. You don't feel loved if you don't feel unconditionally accepted. That's the bottom line. And I I use this example a lot. You know, um, I had a, I had a, actually it was a mother and son in my practice once, you know, coming in for some help and communicating. And uh, he was gay and the mom was not accepting that he was gay. You know, she kept saying, is this a phase? And how do you know? And, you know, you should date some women to make sure and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and what, so she wasn't unconditionally accepting him, but she kept saying how much she loved him. And he wasn't, he was saying, I don't feel your love. (laughs) And that's why you can't just say you don't like all these things about a person and you don't accept them and then say, oh, but I love you. That it doesn't work that way. So you and your partner are a team. This is a team issue. How much do I talk about team? You can't be in competition with them. You can't be on opposite sides of a matter. It is not going to work. It's not going to work. You, you, you have to come together. You have to come together. So that's your first thing. They're not wrong. You're not right. And you have to see this as a team thing that you have to work on together. And it doesn't mean you have to work on them. If you want more sex, you have to work on them wanting more sex. That's not it. Uh-uh-uh. It's working on your relationship. And, and how it's coming together, right? It's, it's not working on getting them to do what you want. It's accepting them for where they are and trying to figure out how to move from there. It doesn't mean you don't want to make changes. It doesn't mean you don't want things to be different. But if you don't get down where they are, you're going to have some trouble. And this gets us to tip number two. Don't take it personally. <laughs> don't take it personally. One of the biggest issues I see when there's a difference in sex drives is that people are, and most often wrongly, deciding what that means. They're, they're, they're putting a definition on it that's not it. So for example, if you're the person who wants more sex, you likely say to yourself things like I said before, my partner doesn't find me attractive or they don't care about me anymore. Your partner's lack of interest might have absolutely and probably has absolutely nothing to do with you. It's likely a lot more about how they're feeling about themselves than about how they feel about you. I will tell you, I'm telling you, you're, you're just filling in the blanks and deciding something with absolutely no proof of this, except what you've made up in your head. <laughs> it's really what's happening. When, and when you think of something like this, they don't love me, they don't find me attractive, uh, or you know, if you're the other side, um, oh my God, she's just an infomaniac. She, I had a husband say this to me not that long ago. 
you know, she just wants sex ridiculous, it's ridiculous, you know, I can, it's, it's never enough, da da da. When you think those thoughts, when you decide that those things are true, you end up with a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what happens. Because of our confirmation bias, I've talked about this a lot, because it's your brain chemistry. I speak about your reticular activating system or your RAS. I've talked about it so much. I'm going to say it really quickly right here. Your RAS is a filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So... It is sending messages all the time. Whatever you think about, whatever you say, like my uh, my partner's not attracted to me anymore. Um, I feel rejected by my partner. My partner's rejecting me. When you decide that that's what that means, when you, when you say it like that, your RAS sends that as an order or an instruction to your subconscious to look for your partner actively not desiring you and actively rejecting you. That's what it tells it to do. I know. So you're going to see it everywhere. You're going to see proof of it everywhere. And what's horrible, horrible about the RAS, this part of your brain chemistry, and everybody's got it, is that it will filter out anything that doesn't match because it's so, you're always proving yourself right. That's what the brain does. So when your partner is desiring you, when they do want sex, when they are saying how great you are, you're like Teflon. It slides right off. It slides right off. I know. I know. And and again, so you might be the person who isn't as interested in sex. You might be on that side. And again, probably thinking something like, you know, they don't care about me or they wouldn't be pressuring me. Uh, again, like they want sex too much. It's not normal. You know, again, whatever that is. And your partner wanting to have sex more than you doesn't mean any of those things. You're You're likely feeling defensive and hurt. So you're sort of lashing out to make your partner wrong and both quote, unquote, sides sort of do this. But there are not wrongs or rights in this. It's really just two people. That's all you are. Two people trying to connect, right? Notting Hill, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, (laughs) asking him to love her. You know, it's just two people trying to connect. And you end up hurt and and defensive. And obviously, that's not a great way to create connection. I know. I know. Shocking. Shocking to hear. I'm taking a sip of water. Give me a second here. I get, you know, I get on my bandwagon and I, uh, on my, on my soapbox and I have to take some water. All right. That was one and two. Tip number three, try a little tenderness. I'm not going to sing for you because I have a terrible voice, even though I just did. You got to try a little tenderness. And really, what am I talking about? I just spoke about it. I don't know when that podcast came out, maybe a couple episodes ago. Empathy is a game changer when you and your partner aren't on the same page about anything, especially your sex life. If you want more sex than your partner, has it occurred to you that your partner would likely love to have a higher sex drive? Has it occurred to you that they're probably, I mean, like lamenting the fact, beating themselves up that they don't get turned on easily or don't enjoy sex or aren't thinking about sex because it sucks. It sucks when you can't find the motivation to do something that you know would help your relationship. Yeah, it sucks. So think about what they're thinking. If your partner has shared that they're uncomfortable with sex due to how they feel about their body, don't just tell them that they look great. I hear this all the time. It makes me insane. You. I love you. You know how much I love you, even when I want to strangle. <laughs> you, 
if your partner says, I, I feel fat, I feel this, and I see it all the time. I have to admit that's a lot I see with women, with men. I do see that a lot. Um, maybe they've had a baby or they haven't or they've just gotten older, whatever it is, or they're young and don't realize how great they look. They say something about their body. I don't like this. I don't like that. And they get dismissed. That's basically what you're doing when you say, oh, you look great. Oh, my gosh, you look great. I'm so attracted to you. You're beautiful. And you go on and on about how great they look. Stop it. (laughs) There's a bunch of, there's like literally thousands of women around the world right now stopping, stopping the recording and grabbing their boyfriends, husbands, whoever, and making them listen right now. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So come back. Mark it. Mark it in there what minute this is and and then come back. And again, so when you do that, when you just say they look great, it dismisses their feelings and creates a divide. And this could be anything that your partner's bringing to you, by the way. If they're bringing something that they're having issue with around the sex life and you just try to, you know, gloss it over and say it's okay and oh, don't worry about that, whatever, it dismisses their feelings and again, creates a divide. It creates more than you already have. You need to empathize with how uncomfortable they're feeling. So instead, you might ask, is there anything I can do to help you feel more comfortable? You can say, you know, I love you and I feel like you look great and I really hear you that you don't. So is there anything I can do to help you feel differently? Is there anything I'm saying that's making you feel like I'm not attracted to you? Is there anything I'm doing that you feel that? Find out. But even better, so that would be like the top, even better is to share a time when you've been uncomfortable in your own skin. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's vulnerability. If you can, and again, I go into it on the Empathy Podcast in much deeper detail, so please go listen if you haven't, but I'll just say quickly here, you know, if you can really dig deep yourself, so you identify your partner is feeling, how they're feeling, they're uncomfortable, they're embarrassed, they're ashamed, and you go to a time in your life, and you can even say, you know, I've never been, I have to say, uncomfortable in my body, but I can remember a time I was really ashamed, you know, in school. Um, you know, when I had, I had a learning disability and I remember anytime I got called up to the board or anything else, I would just be just full of dread and worry. So every time I went to school, it was like that. And then you can start to feel like 
is that how it feels when I make a sexual advance? Or is that how it feels when, you know, we've had date night and you feel like sex is expected afterwards? Like, you know, hey, there's a conversation. There's a getting together. Talk about a closeness. Being vulnerable and open what creates closeness and trust, which are the keys. The keys for a happy sex life. It doesn't take, it's not hard to figure that out, right? Empathy is a game changer in your relationship. And again, you know, I have a whole podcast episode, so I'm not going to get into it. But let me, so let me say this. If you're the person who wants sex less, I want to talk about you too with the empathy. Do you realize that your partner is looking for a connection with you that they don't share with anyone else? Or that your partner sees this as a deep connection that they can only get with you, that they're looking for something else. Maybe they're looking for security to feel okay in the world and you're their person for that. And they feel the closest to you when you when you have sex, when you're physically intimate. Remember, the, the person who wants sex more often ends up feeling sexually and emotionally frustrated. They're feeling rejected, even abandoned. And the person who wants sex less is often feeling pressure to be different and to feel more sexual. So they don't feel accepted for being themselves. You, you got to get in touch with these feelings with your partner. We always, what do I say to you all the time? We always connect with feelings, right? We connect from our feelings about things, not our thoughts about them. You connect with feelings, not thoughts. So having this disparity in your sex life, it's not just hard for you, it's hard for your partner too. So empathize first and, and see where that goes. That, that's it. Okay. Tip number four, create conditions that foster connection. I know it's not rocket science, but we don't think of these things. And I will tell you that in my over, th- over three decades, I got some serious experience, people. I have some serious mother effing experience. And I will tell you that in my 37 years of working with, you know, individuals, couples, here's what I know. When people are less stressed, they're more willing and they're more open. I know. Newsflash. It, it, it doesn't seem like that should change your life, but it should change your life to understand that. We know these things, but we don't understand these things. They're ha- when people are less stressed, they're happier. They find it easier to connect. So look for ways to make your partner's life less stressful. What a wonderful thing in the world to think when you walk in that you are thinking of ways to uplift your partner, to help them feel less stressed. I am not, do not get codependent on me here and blame me. Don't, no, no, no. We're not giving 150%, we're giving 100. You're not up at night worried about what your partner, I'm not talking about that. Helping them feel less stressed is an easy one because you can ask. What's stressing you out the most right now? Is there anything I can help you with? Is, is there one thing I could say that would help your stress level? Is there one thing I could do that would help your stress level? And by the way, your partner's telling you all the time, all the time what would help their stress. You just don't feel like doing it. You don't want to do it because you're feeling resentful about the sex. <laughs> and it's like this catch-22. It's ridiculous. So I want you to, to really actively engage in ways to make your partner's life less stressful and uplift them. And because when we feel like our partners have our backs, we feel heard, we feel seen in the relationship. And can you guess what might lead to more sex and emotional intimacy? Can you take a guess right now? (laughs) Yeah, I know. 
you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure this out. Having your partner's back, I want to say too, is one of the three keys to building trust in your relationship. And I do talk about that in another podcast, the three keys to building trust, because they're all different. Uh, And I'll link to that in the show notes. But anyway, so, and this deeper connection, this having their back, being there for them, looking to uplift them, that should sound a lot like friendship, right? That's what I want in my friends. Why wouldn't I want it in my partner? And the deeper, the con- the, the, this kind of deeper connection, that's the friendship portion of your relationship. And your relationship is built on that. You know, the research says that having a strong friendship with your partner is a precursor to a strong sexual relationship with your partner. How do you like that? Yeah. So are you being their friend? Are you being your partner's friend? Are you treating them as you would your friends? This means things like, I'm just going to give you some suggestions, some love here. Doing things that are important to your partner. (laughs) Not necessarily important to you. Doing things that are important to them. And not just doing them in begrudgingly, but finding the love. What, uh, you know, I've talked about it a million times on here. You know, my, my Gary, he loves those those obstacle course races, the Spartan races. And I certainly don't go to every one. I do not. But I am actively engaged in that part of his life, even though it is not something I ever want to do, I ever plan to do. <laughs> it, you know... We go to these places. It's, you know, these Spartan courses, they're big obstacle race courses. So they're in the middle of nowhere. That's where they are. And, you know, and and Gary tries to be there for me too. So we will often stay, um, you know, there was one, there's one that's like an hour and a half outside of uh, Las Vegas, for example, but it's in the middle of friggin' nowhere. And one time we did go in the middle of nowhere and stay. And I was like, oh, never again, because um, we didn't realize how bad it would be. But for me, but um, now, you know, when we when he does that race, usually every year, we stay in Las Vegas and he schleps out to the race. He just adds a, that time, you know, to, to his race day so that I can be more comfortable since I'm going along on this trip for him. Like it's it's his thing and I'm and we're going to have fun together and I'm going to make it great. But uh, and I'm not again, I don't go with any kind of bad attitude or anything. I go with like, how can I be there for you? You know, I got the. I got the Gatorade ready back, you know, back in the room. And, um, you know, I, I sent him texts, how excited I am. Good job. I'm so proud of you. And I am proud of him. It's amazing what he does at our, at our age, especially. <laughs> uh, you know, that's doing things that are important to your partner. You, you don't, I don't have to go race. I didn't have to go do it. Don't worry. But really being there for them. And I, you know, I bring my work along. I work on these podcasts often. I treat it like a work day or I go have fun and I shop or I do whatever. I, I have friends in Vegas. I meet them, you know, figure it out, figure it out. It's not that hard. So I think part uh, couples often feel like they have to do everything together and you don't. You can just, you can be aligned with something without having to actually do the thing. Okay. But if you can do the thing, if you like the thing, God bless, go do it. I have a lot of couples right now. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular. Uh, he loves to bike ride. He does these major bike rides, you know, huge. And she got an electric bike. She was feeling bad. She could never keep up. She's never as fit as him, which is his own issue, right? You knocking your self-esteem. But instead, she got an electric bike. It's great. I love it. It's brilliant. So she can go bike riding with him and it's not painful for her. (laughs) Okay. So that's one thing you can do. You can also doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. 
that will help your sex life more than anything. I'll tell you that right now. People feel, again, like you have their back, like you're connected. If you say you're going to take out the garbage, take out the freaking garbage. You're not your partner's child. You do not need to be reminded. You're not doing them a favor by taking out the freaking garbage. Just go do it. If, <laughs> if you say you're going to be at dinner at five, you're going to meet them at five, meet them at five. Get there a little early even. Don't be late. You're, you know, when people are late, at least for me, I do not feel loved. I will tell you, I feel like they just didn't prioritize me because they didn't. And they are, and I know it's not about me. Don't get me wrong. People are late. They're usually late everywhere. It has nothing to do with like me, for example. But I will say to, I do have friends who run late and I just say to them how important it is to me. Like, and I say to them, I know that you just kind of show up and you try to do 8,000 things before the thing. I need you to not. I need you to be there at this time. Like, this is what I need. And then they'll show up. They really do. So, you know, but do it. If you know this is important to your partner, do it. Uh, prioritizing your partner is another thing. And their needs over work, over your kids, over other your parents, I don't see that a lot. I see people and until unless they're about to divorce, all of a sudden the relationship is a priority. And I will tell you, uh, I can't tell you how many people have contacted me for couples work and they want to meet on the weekend or at eight o'clock at night. And I don't do that. I do. And you shouldn't either. If you're doing couples work and you can't prioritize it somewhere in your day, you're not ready to do couples work as far as I'm concerned, because it means you are either going to be in couples set therapy for friggin' ever, which you shouldn't. That's ridiculous. When people tell me they've been in couples for years and years, I'm like, what is happening? Why are you there for years? Uh, if you're there for years and it feels great all the time, and so you just keep going because it feels so good, God bless. But if you're still struggling with the same issues you were struggling with, you know, five years ago, I would question why you're still doing it. Um, or in that way, there's something, come on, people. Like, so if you're not willing to prioritize your partner and what they're doing, and I'm not saying you do that every single minute, of course, there's times when my kids take priority or when, you know, a work a commitment happens, but really every day thinking, how am I prioritizing my partner today? How are they number one? You got to You got to do it. They have to be more important than your email. They have to be more important than everything else. And it doesn't mean you can't then go do your email, but stop, say hi, spend some time. Say, hey, I got an hour. I really wanted to make sure we really connect and then go do whatever it is. You know, you don't need to be with them 24-7 for them to feel like a priority, but you can't always put them at the end of the day. And the same thing with sex. If you're always putting it at the end of the day, it's never a priority. Guess what? Okay. Doing small gestures to show some love. That'll probably get you laid. I mean, seriously. Random acts of kindness. They're a lovely, lovely thing in our relationship. And again, don't do them to get laid. I, I will say that. But just to be thinking of your partner, like, I love this person. What can I do for them? You know, I often, <laughs> I'm always getting Gary little things or something and or just thinking of him and, you know, just, I don't know, trying to make his life better, you know, and, and be kind and thoughtful and all those good things. It's, it's very helpful. I would also say don't nag <laughs> on either side. Men nag too, please. I hear men right now. Men are listening going, yeah, she nags me all the time. She's always nagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what? You guys nag too. Uh, so it, 
I do. I did a whole thing. You can set up a couple's business meeting. I have a whole podcast on that. I'll link to it in the show notes. If you, you know, hi, you, you can do that. So you're not nagging about things. You can hire outside help before always looking to your partner. There's a lot of ways you cannot nag. So really be conscious of that. And no matter what, if you're saying the same thing over and over, it's not working. So why are you saying the same thing over and over? Try something else. Don't be judgmental or critical. Be kind, be appreciative, be patient, complimentary. I know it sounds crazy, right? Seems obvious, but I have couples all the time who are complaining about their sex life. So they're nagging and they're complaining on both sides. And then they're being mean and critical and judgmental to each other. And you're thinking, this is not gonna, guys, I don't know where you ever learned that that was a path to figuring out great sex, but it's not. So really it boils down to each day thinking of ways you can be more affectionate, caring, thoughtful, kind, and patient with your partner. And again, don't do these things to have more sex. No, because that's going to be bad. Do these things because you're focused on why you love your partner. When you're focused on what you're not getting, you're not focused on what you are getting. So it's from that place of abundance and seeing all of your partner that more intimacy, trust, and ultimately sex will happen. That's how that works. But if you're doing things with an agenda, your partner will pick up on it. What do I talk about all the time? Our conscious brains process information at a rate of about 40 or 50 bits per second, while our unconscious processes information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So if you have this agenda and it's in there, your partner will pick up on it and they will not, they won't see the nice things you're doing. They won't feel the nice things you're doing because frankly, they're not nice things. If you have an agenda, it's not a nice thing. It's for you, not them. Hello. So don't give me shit. Don't, go, don't come to me saying, oh, I do all this stuff. I hear that. It's like, do you? Do you do all this stuff? Are you thinking about how much you love your, uh, your wife when you pick up her dry cleaning? Is that what you're thinking about? Like, oh, I'm going to do this so she doesn't have to do it. Because I love her and I want her to think of having more time relaxing. Uh, I want her, oh, are, are you thinking I'm going to put away these dishes so when my husband comes home, I don't, I don't even have to ask him to do it. I'm just going to do it because I have this time right now and I want to do it for him and I want him to feel really relaxed when he comes home. I want him to know how much I appreciate and love him. Is that how you're doing it? Are you doing it, you know, again, from an agenda? We know, we know, you know, you know when your partner's doing it from agenda. So why do you think they don't know? They know. <sighs> Okay, tip number five. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> tip number five is kind of two little things together. It's make it a make sex a priority and take a different approach. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're gonna get what you always got. Yeah, we know this. Get out of this idea, again, that you're right because that's not working. And what do I say all the time? Do you wanna be correct or effective? It's your choice. To me, effective is I have a great, fabulous sex life. Correct is uh, I think right about it and my partner thinks wrong or they're not desiring me or, or they're wrong with, you know, they're rejecting me, they're abandoning me, they're, ah, that's, <laughs> that's not getting you where you want to go. So you have to take personal responsibility. You know, I talk about personal responsibility all the time. That's, I, I want you to stop looking at them. Look at yourself. Take personal responsibility for making your sex life better. And this means thinking about it from a new viewpoint because what you've been doing 
isn't creating the changes you want. Right now, this has been an ongoing issue. So again, it's become like a hot button topic. It's triggering with both of you telling yourself a story about the way it is. And if you want a different outcome, you're gonna need to change that story. Your partner isn't rejecting you and you're not oversexed. To change the story, you gotta think different things and then do different things. And to think differently, right? That's what you have to do. That's how you change the story. Focus on having that next best feeling thought. What I talk about this a lot. I'm not going deep on that here because I cover how to do that in major depth um, in another episode of the podcast. I will link to it on the show in the show notes, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Just come on over to this. I also always do a corresponding blog to the regular um, podcast, not to the Ask Dr. Abby episodes necessarily, but all the rest, which this is. And in the blog, you'll see all the links too. So wherever you want to go, or if you want to read this information again, you know, if you want to kind of get it again, but you don't want to listen to the whole podcast again, it's a great way to take notes or it's like I took notes for you. How do you like that? There's the love. There's the love. So, so I need you to think differently about what's happening. And again, next best feeling thought. It's it's a little tool I use and it's I it's a game changer for feeling better, thinking differently, thinking better, all the good things. So as far as doing different things, you got to think different, you got to do different. As far as doing different things, I, the list is endless. It's endless. And I will tell you that desire, the feelings of desire in a long-term relationship, when you've been together, and that might be eight months to you means long-term, and that might be 20 years means long-term. It's whatever it means to you. It's all, it's all good with me. That feeling of desire, it generally shows up because of what you're doing together, especially if what you're doing has a little sexiness to it. <laughs> so you can get creative. But Again, when I'm like with Gary at those Spartan races and we're together and we're having this trip together and I'm a part of his thing and we are, we have great hotel sex. Oh my, well, hotel sex is the best. Isn't hotel sex the best sex? Why is that? I don't know why, but it's the best sex. Um, <laughs> maybe if I didn't have children at home anymore, I would think home sex was the best sex. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know, you can be loud. You can do anything you want in a hotel. And by the way, you know, that's where you make a mess. If we bring the whipped cream and the chocolate sauce out, it's at a hotel. I'm letting someone else clean those sheets. I don't want to do that at home. I'm literally, otherwise the whole time I'm like, oh, this is going to make a mess. Oh, I got to clean this later. That is not sexy. Okay, I digress. All right. So again, it's time to get creative. And I will, there's a few, I'll give you a few suggestions here though about doing different things. But I already kind of said it like with this, you know, go, go do something with them that they like to do. That's the start. But even better, how do you like that? Even better is learning something new together. We know that when you learn something new with your partner, uh, your brain loves it. Your brain loves novelty. It loves anything new. And it releases a bonding hormone called oxytocin, which you've probably heard about because I've talked about it a lot, and vasopressin, which is a calming. It, it's, it's awesome. But it needs to be new for both of you. So, and I often assign this to couples. I don't assign date nights. I, I assign doing something new. So uh, I had a couple, I'm thinking, I always talk about this couple. I love them. Um, th I had them try, the, neither of them had ever ice done ice skating before. And uh, they took ice skating together. They went ice skating together. That's what they did. They took lessons together and they learned ice skating together. Uh, but it can be anything. Go to an ash ashram if you've never been to one. 
Um, you can do something simple. I had a couple, they went to an Ethiopian restaurant. They, you know, they kept driving by going, oh, we should go in there. You know, people are eating on the floor and with their hands. It's like so cool. Ethiopian food's amazing. And, uh, you know, they kept talking about it, but they never did it. They finally went and did it. It's just a new experience. And they were kind of laughing because neither of them love the food. I, I love the food. Anyway, neither of them did love the food, but they loved the experience. They said it was really fun, you know, new things and how they're eating. It was just both of them were out of their comfort zone. And it's a really great thing to do. So something new with your partner, think of it. What could that be? You know, it doesn't have to just be ballroom dance, although you could because it's great. But, you know, really try to get a little bit creative. Uh, I had another uh, couple, they did um, glass blowing together. They, you know, again, anything you can think of would work. Touching more. Good idea. The more you touch, the more sexual desire is ignited. So you know, before you leave for the day or when you first get home, you know, give a real kiss full on, make out, make out, put some tongue in there. Uh, again, it can't be with this idea of like, uh, you know, touching to have sex. You got to get rid of that. And that's something I know that I mostly hear that from women that they're complaining, you know, their partner will offer a massage and then the massage is leading into sex. And it's, so then they, it just doesn't, you want to just touch a lot you know, rub their feet on the couch, um, give them a shoulder rub <clears throat> while you're sitting watching TV, you know, get up and get behind them for a minute. Uh, just sit on the couch next to each other, holding hands or touching or whatever, you know, just have a lot of touch. But, and you know, I've talked about it before. I always greet Gary at the door. He always greets me. Whenever one of us comes home, we go running to the door like a little golden retriever and we jump up and down, we get really excited to see each other. And we do that every time. Like we really do. It's like one of the things we do. We we jump right in and we sort of create that thing. Now it's a habit, so it's great. But and it, every time it feels good. There's never a time it hasn't felt good. It feels good. It's lovely to see him. You know, I look him in the eye. I'm like, I'm so happy you're home. Or he says that to me. And, you know, he grabs my things right away, like the whatever bags I'm carrying or something, you know, and he's... uh Usually he's yelling at me for carrying in bags. He's like, why didn't you tell me? I, I would have come out and carried them in, you know? But that kind of stuff is really great. Opening a car door, you know, if, I know that sounds old fashioned, but a lot of people like that. I like it. Um, just anything that is giving, loving, touching, you know, right there with them. Uh, you could have a, a special happy hour. Each day after work, no kids allowed, but it's a time to have a drink. It could be non-alcoholic, just make it special, uh, or some fun treat to eat that the kids don't know about, that you've hidden. <laughs> sit up, <laughs> sit outside for a moment, relax in your bedroom, whatever. Just chat and unwind before you, you know, jump into all the things for the rest of the night. Your, your kids will understand if you're clear that this is a priority, that this is something mom and dad are doing or mom and mom or dad and dad, that this is something we're doing and, you know, you can't be here right now. Obviously, if you have two-year-olds running around, it's a little harder, but I would say if you had someone at home taking care of the kids, ask them to stay for an extra half hour when you get home. I had another couple do this. They would meet in the garage. How do you like that? Because if they came in the house, the kids knew. Uh, and they had, you know, they came home a little early together and they would sit in the garage. So they, sometimes they had sex in there. Sometimes they would just sit around and talk. They would, you know, they had a little special drink. They had a little something to eat, you know, just sort of connected a little bit before they went in the house. So it was like a 20 minutes or something, but a half hour, you know, it's just a great thing. And, and I will also say you can, I hate calling things date night, 
Because I just think there's often that like pressure to have sex at the end of the night and all that. But plan fun things to do together. Go to a comedy night. Don't, you know, COVID, things are opening up. There's things to do. Or rent a funny video or something. Just plan something that's a little more fun. Because uh, again, I think date night often has sort of negative connotations, but you know, plan fun things you know your partner will enjoy. Just go for it. I've talked a lot about, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's a, I love soft ice cream. I love soft ice cream. It's like my, it's my thing. Of all the things in the world, that is my favorite food. Good soft ice cream. Back east, we had Carvel, the best soft ice cream in the world. Shout out to Carvel's. We don't have that here on the West Coast. It's very sad. But we have a, something called Mr. Softy, which just cracks me up. I know. We're talking about sex, so Mr. Softy is especially funny right now. Um, and it's these trucks, these ice cream trucks that go around. They have soft-served ice cream, and it's so good. And uh, I have an app on my phone uh, where I can find out where the trucks are. And Gary and I have gone on many an adventure for the Mr. Softy truck. And he likes it, you know, who doesn't like soft ice cream, but he does it for me. And and it's really fun sometimes we put the top down on the car and we like go out, but we go in the cold too. I don't care cuz it's northern California, it's never that cold, you know. And there's not as many Mr. Softy trucks out and about in the winter, but there's some. And oh, I've driven an hour for ice cream with Gary. And he'll come with me and he'll enjoy and he'll get something and we have fun and we laugh and we're like trying to find the truck cuz the app, you know, it's kind of hard to follow. And you know, it's fun. I don't know what to say. It's fun. Do sexy things, but take sex off the table, which is another thing to think about, uh, to, to do things differently. This builds what we call psychological sexual desire. You got to remember that's a lot of desire is the psychological part. So, and you could do a lot that way. Um, whenever I talk to women about this, they joke, they're like, oh, if you clean the bathroom. And I'm like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I get that that feels sexy and supportive maybe, but that's not what we're doing. Um, but if it's going to be something, again, to get you in a sexy mood is really what I'm talking about. So you could share a fantasy. Do you share fantasies? Talk about fantasies. You could read an erotic book aloud to one another. There's erotic podcasts. You could listen. You could check out a local kink club or something. Uh, you could even watch some porn together if that's your jam, you know, and again, but state beforehand that there's not going to be any sex, just. There's not no sex. Just say it. We're not going to do sex. We're just going to see what's what's here. No expectation. And you can masturbate yourself afterwards or in front of your partner if that feels good, if that's something cool with your partner. You know, it's any of those things work. Okay. So those are my top five tips. And I just want to end with saying, you know, no matter what, I want you to remember that sex is supposed to be fun and connecting. So you got to approach any differences you have with that energy. This means you approach the issue with love-based emotions like respect. Humor's fine. You're allowed. Appreciation, patience, and really high regard for yourself and high regard for your partner. And I know you're feeling frustrated, but this isn't your partner's fault. And it's also not your fault. You're, you're a team. It needs to be worked out with the spirit of togetherness, not aloneness, because the thing you're looking to do is all about togetherness. Okay, and I have a big announcement. Uh, <laughs> see, you had to listen to the end to get the announcement. Uh, I am taking two weeks off. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, I'll have two weeks off. I always take the last two weeks of December off. I take off two weeks in the summer and two weeks in the end of December from kind of all sort of 
podcasts and newsletters and all the things uh, to really relax and reboot and really get excited for what's coming up. So I want you to have a really wonderful holiday. Um, we're in the middle of, as I'm recording this, um, or the beginning of Hanukkah. Hanukkah came fast and furious this year. Uh, I, I feel like I just cooked Thanksgiving dinner and I was cooking Hanukkah dinner. Um, but whatever you celebrate, whatever that might be, and definitely going into 2022, which is so going to be our year. I'm excited for 22. Just remember, I love you so, so much. I am here for you. And I want you to be there for you. So... There you have it. Have an amazing holiday and I'll I'll be back with you before you know it. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.